You're listening to Window Film Magazine's special podcast, Industry Update, The Coronavirus. This podcast is designed to bring you the latest industry news surrounding the disruptions caused by this worldwide pandemic. I'm your podcast moderator, Chris Bunn, and I'm here with Tara Tafra, Editorial Director for Window Film Magazine. Today we have Travis Smith, Vice President and General Manager, Performance Films and Advanced Interlayers at Eastman Chemical Company. Travis, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Tara. I do appreciate the opportunity to spend a little time with you. Yes, we are so glad you're able to join us. I know you're very busy um, on a normal day and likely even more so during this difficult time as you oversee this huge operation at Eastman. So I really thank you for fitting it in. Um, So why don't you just start by telling us the status of operations at Eastman? Uh, Definitely. Look, I I think by now most of your listeners know that Eastman is a large multinational specialty materials company, and I can say we've been quite fortunate and that our various manufacturing sites around the world, whether that be for our Safelex interlayer film for laminated glass, or the sites for our performance films, window film, and paint protection films, whether that be for our Lumar, SunTac, or Vequil brands, have all been able to operate. Um, so that's been Good. a definite positive. Now, uh, I would say, Jay, that we've had to go to great lengths, though, to ensure we create the safest possible environment for all those working in the facilities. That has been our top priority through this time. And will continue to be our top priority as as we navigate the environment. Um, We've also had to adjust um, many of our operations just to match the lower demand environment that comes with the COVID health crisis. But uh, we do recognize that as a manufacturer, it's quite important for us, uh, and especially for all of our global customers, that we maintain that ability to buy raw materials, convert them to our films, and ultimately ship those films to support our customers. Okay, great. And what types of communication... um, are you and your employees having with your customers? Um, and just tell us maybe a little bit, I'm sure you're having conversations with them. Just tell us a little bit how they're doing. Cause I know there's some film companies out there um, like everyone out there who's really struggling. So how are you helping them and talking to them? Yeah, absolutely. We'll start with the communication side. I mean, obviously the, the situation of COVID has made it um, quite interesting for many of our sales marketing and technical teams who, uh, definitely have a great passion for being out physically with our customers and spending time with them to support their businesses. So they've had to adjust to a, a lot more virtual interactions. I would say that Eastman um, pretty early on in this put in place uh, some pretty significant travel restrictions um, kind of upfront before this really even became um, kind of what we know it to be in the U.S. today. It's one of the benefits of being a global company. We got to see how this was playing out in many parts of the world and knew the importance right. of limiting um, travel for our employees, both for their safety as well as for our customers. So they've had a number of weeks now adjusting to uh, that virtual environment. Uh, one of the things I tell you, maybe a bit of an unexpected benefit is suddenly you, you cut out airplane time, you cut out driving and transit times, and you actually have a bit more time um, to oh, engage yes. through the virtual means, phone and video. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also allowed some time to create um, new content on the fly that I think is specific to the COVID situation. And or some things we've been doing just in recent days and weeks with uh, many of our dealers in North America. Um, yesterday, we hosted a webinar for all North American dealers that featured a prominent small business consultant that was able to highlight some key areas of focus. We're doing one next week around the stimulus program and what that means for small business owners and actions they should be taking. Um, we've done a number of kind of hosted and facilitated uh, dealer discussion groups for best practices. Uh, even down to being able to create new digital content on the fly that helps with COVID-specific issues, whether that's loan resources for small businesses, you know, how to use this time to improve your digital position and, you know, business profile on Google, 
um, even down to little things like how you find alcohol for your paint protection installations in this environment. Wow, so, that's, uh, it, I'm sure that's so helpful. Are you getting, because I know this is all the stuff that we're trying to um, cover for all the film companies out there as well that they really need. So I'm sure they're so um, pleased that you're providing all those resources to them. Are you getting good feedback on that? Um, we are. And, and, you know, in this environment, no one company, no one group has it all figured out at this point. Right. The speed at which things are changing is uh, unlike anything any of us have dealt with in our careers or lifetimes. So one of the things we're trying to do um, to help all our partners in this environment is play a role as uh, an integrator, a consolidator of information that's out there and uh, and helping bring that content, bring those insights where possible uh, out into our dealer base. Um, you know, we're learning as we go and we're trying to do that on an accelerated pace, just like everyone else. But right. quickly get that out into the market. Um, you, you know, you asked about how our dealers are doing and you know, I know in an earlier podcast that uh, that you guys did, you talked about the wide range of experiences that people were having. Yes. And certainly, if you go back a couple of weeks ago, that was particularly true. It probably started to converge a bit over the last two weeks where there's a lot more commonality in issues. People are probably dealing with it on a different timeline. But uh, one of the challenges that that brings with just the pace at which things have changed um, just on our side, we watched the uh, automotive markets in Europe go from uh, our customers and automotive OEMs telling us on Monday, March 16th, that it was business as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, by Tuesday, end of day, you've got Volkswagen announcing, um, you know, closing all sites across Europe. And then you guys are quite familiar with what happened here in the U.S. on Wednesday with the UAW and Big Three. So, you know, in 48 hours, the world right. goes from feeling like normal to um, automotive productions uh, essentially down in Europe right. and America. So, you know, in that pace of change that, you know, we go through, our dealers are going through, you know, knowing where to turn for information is hard. And uh, while none of us have all the answers, just trying to uh, to be a resource, uh, be an integrator of information, get that distributed as fast as possible so that people can make, you know, good choices quickly. Maybe not perfect choices, but good choices quickly and how they're adapting, you know, their business right. operations, and- their company operations. And one of the, I think you touched on this, but one of the kind of bright, not bright side, but that comes out of this is I was talking to some tinters a couple of weeks ago. So this was probably even changed a little bit now, but, you know, even then they were saying that they have time now. And so a lot of them, the smart ones are taking advantage and doing online classes and, you know, like, um, or any kind of online training and, you know, looking at their marketing and do they want to be doing that? No, because they're, they're worried about just paying their bills, but they know that they want to do this so their employees have a company to come back to. So hopefully people are um, just trying to do the best they can and try to take advantage of those um, opportunities while they, while they're going through this and getting through it. No, that's extremely well said. Right. I mean, at this point in time, I think there's two things that all of us have to do, whether it's a, you know, a large organization or a small business. Um, The first is you got to figure out what you have to do in this environment um, to secure your current, position right? and doing that quickly, taking the actions and choices that you need uh, matters a lot too. You know, speed matters when the world around you is changing as fast as it is. But the second thing you do have to do is figure out how to work um, on your business. And we talk a lot with our dealers about the difference between working in and working on business. So there's a bit of a gift that comes with that. If you can quickly get through the immediate actions and challenges you need um, to put your business uh, position for the long term, but then it's a great opportunity to think about how you get to the backside of this um, better positioned uh, and as a better company than, than maybe you are even at this point. 
Right. And let's talk about the stimulus package really quick. I'm sorry if you said it and I missed it, but is that one of the things, are you helping your dealers with that as well of maybe webinars or things of how they can take advantage of that? Um, yes, we're starting to look into. So we've got one scheduled next week where we'll okay, uh, bring some experts in to help people understand what the stimulus package means for small business owners. Uh, I think it's one of the great thing about the CARES Act and what it's doing. Um, first of all, it provides a lot of, uh, I think, support and security for employees that are affected by the COVID situation, whether that's employees of big companies or small companies. But I think the opportunities that it is giving to small business owners to tap into uh, resources, um, tap into financial support very differently than maybe they were able to in the past. Um, it's a great opportunity. I'm really happy to see that for our industry. I'm really happy to see that for our customers. And the more we can do to just help understand what it means and how you navigate that complexity uh, is certainly something we'll be doing in the, the days and weeks ahead. Right. And we talked about how things are changing so quickly in you know, 24 or 48 hours, and you're absolutely correct. Um, but I have talked to companies about, and we've written some articles about, you know, setting plans, like two-week plans, six-week plans. So what does Eastman's planning look like? Like how far do you dare project out? <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. And, and uh, you know, the, the approach isn't that different than if you're, uh, you're managing a small company. So what do you need to do in the environment to quickly adapt to the environment? Um, the level of uncertainty here is unlike anything we've dealt with. So how do you think in terms of two, four, six weeks out and what you need to do for your employees, your operations, your customers? But it's equally important you start thinking about what scenarios um, are you likely to be in? And there are a range of scenarios here. So um, we focused a lot of what we need to do in the next um, you know, six, eight weeks from how we you know, support the industry and support our customers. But we're looking beyond that and how we think this is going to play out through the second quarter from uh, different demand scenarios in both automotive and the building and construction applications. What does that likely mean to back half of the year? Um, and, and how do we adjust to what we need to do in the moment, but stay positioned for, um, you know, the backside of this that will come? I would say when we look at it and how we're thinking about scenarios, though, um, you know, back to this is unlike anything we've seen. This is not, you know, a financial crisis. This is a global health crisis that's led to um, some very significant and extreme market stoppages, whether that's automotive production or consumer behaviors. And as people kind of get through the backside of this and adjust, um, there's a lot of things we're going to have to be watching and understanding of what that then means to um, how consumers are going to engage back in their industry. So how are they going to feel about, you know, bigger ticket purchases in the area of automotives? How are they going to maybe adapt to, you know, modifying or accessorizing current cars versus buying new cars? What is all that going to mean to the demand profile as it comes back in their industry in the months ahead. So we're starting to spend a lot more time on that now that we've mm -hmm. gotten through the kind of initial shocks and how we adapt to the current situation so that we do stay positioned for uh, you know the, the range of outcomes here as we get to the back half of the year or next year. Well, I know that it's so hard to be a leader through a time like this. Um, you know, there's so many decisions you have to make, so many challenges. What's do you want to share what's been the hardest? What keeps you up at night, if you will, d during this whole situation? Yeah, so uh, I'm glad you said the word challenges and not just challenge, because there's a lot of things, as you know, that right. people around the industry are dealing with. Um, but, but I'll tell you one that that I think has been particularly complex and, and that I'm sure every leader is dealing with, whether it's small business or large organization. And there's probably three things that come with it. Um, the first of which is just helping 
your teams and your organizations, your employees understand um, the reality of the situation as it's emerging. Um, this isn't like things in the past. It's not 08, 09 over again, or 2002, or some of the early 90 problems. And um, recognizing it for what it is and how we need to be adapting our business takes time for people to go through. Um, as people, we all go through the processing of what it means intellectually, emotionally, psychologically for our businesses or our teams. But as a leader, how do you help them get through that quickly so that we can then get to the next thing you have to do? So as you get people aligned to the situation and the realities of the markets we're in, you, you got to get them comfortable quickly beginning to formulate options and plans and make choices in the face of a whole lot of uncertainty. Right? You can really get um, you know balled around the views of, well, how quickly is this coming back? And I need to know that before I take action now. And the reality is you have to take some actions now in this environment to secure positions, you know, for your companies and your employees um, quickly. And that requires making good choices, not perfect choices, not with perfect information, um, but getting teams comfortable doing that with a bit of uncertainty. So once you've done those two things, though, the third that you have to do as a leader is help the teams understand what you need to be looking for and monitoring to pretty quickly review and adjust because things are changing fast. So what you do on Monday as a leader with great conviction and certainty that it's the right thing for your business, you know, by Wednesday, you know, that, that may have changed. That may no longer be the right you know, direction or course. So how are you going to know that? What are the leading indicators you're doing? What are the things that you're monitoring? you know, in your local markets or your industries or around the world that are informing those? And then how do you put your your business routines, your management routines, even just your personal leadership routines in play that um, that allows you to support your team through that review and adjust? And the speed of that and helping people through that situation, options and choices and actions you take, but then knowing you're going to have to adjust on the fly. Um, the speed at which you need to do that is is a challenge for everyone. And yeah. It feels very different for organizations right now. Yeah. That's all great advice for all the leaders out there. Um, any, we always like to end these on a positive note, any last words of encouragement that maybe you want to share um, before we let you go? Um, yeah. I'd say just a couple of things, you know, we talk about the uh, you know, stuff that keeps any of us up at night and there's so much out there that we can't control. Right. So first, I would say focus on what's in your control. Um, you can focus on the things that you're doing around the health and safety of your employees, the health and safety for your customers. Um, are you focused on doing the things you need to right now to protect you know, the health of your business and secure it for the long term? Those are things in control. You know, how this plays out from you know, an overall global scenario with the health crisis, how that plays out in the consumer sentiment you know, in the months, quarters ahead. Those things aren't in our control. Um, and we could often get balled around, you know, worried about that and maybe get distracted from the things that we can be doing with our teams and organizations that we do have control over. So that'd be the first thing. Um, and the second thing I would just remind everyone, we will get to the backside of this. I mean, this too shall pass, as they say. Um, what it looks like along the way and what we have to navigate along the way, um, we're all figuring out on the fly. So back to your point of use this opportunity to secure your position now, but work on your business for the future. I think it's great advice uh, for everyone because uh, yes. there will be a better day. There will be a backside to all this. Yes, that's wonderful. Let's leave it at that. And we just thank you once again and really appreciate your insights. And thanks for joining us. Uh, Tara, absolutely. Anytime. We're going to close out our episode today with some great news. I just loved when I saw this come across my email yesterday, and I had to reach out to the company to get them on the podcast. 
So here's the deal. Graffiti Shield of Anaheim, California, which produces anti-graffiti films, was contacted by a large hospital in L.A. about five days ago in need of face shields. The company quickly sprang into action, and we have Jeffrey Green, CEO, here to tell us how they did it. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, let's just get right to it. Um, so you got a call last week from a hospital who needed face shields. Um, you knew you had the machines and materials to possibly make these, but you had never done it before. Um, I was told you worked day and night to figure it out. And four days later, you were manufacturing more than 1,200 face shields a day. Um, and that number can grow. Now, do I have all that right? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, we were contacted by uh, one of our largest hospitals in uh, Los Angeles, who we do have a service contract with, and uh, they definitely had a dire need for face shields for their staff. And the original order was for as many shields as we could produce, just the film portion, uh, as they were assembling them, them themselves. Uh, so they basically sent us a picture of their version, and uh, we CAD designed it and cut them out using our cutting lines. Uh, but they, but. Basically, they uh, they liked what we did, so they came back to us and asked if we could assemble them as well. Wow. Uh, since, yeah, and their design required elastic to hold it to the person's head. And uh, so we quickly started sourcing parts to make this and uh, essentially learned that elastic is pretty hard to find right now with everybody making masks around the world. Oh, right. Um, yeah, so we, we essentially redesigned ours to not require any elastic, but uh, uses the film as the strap. And then basically we have a small piece of Velcro that helps it affix it to, to the person's head. Um, so after, after some trial runs and assembly challenges, um, we definitely uh, allocated production time and more people to, to purely produce face shields that we are today. And it sounds like you were very determined to make this work. Uh, very. Uh, my partner and I, um, Mike Shook, was we were we saw a need and we we definitely needed to jump into action. So, uh, yeah, we we spent a lot of time uh, developing this and figuring out the manufacturing line and how to make that work. And uh, but after the some of the trials that we ran and some of the assembly challenges. Um, Everything everything worked out well, and uh, each day we're seeing an increased output of about thirty five percent. Wow! And uh, so today we're on pace to to make over two thousand. That's amazing. So, are you still producing your own film, or did you switch over and now you're just doing this for a while? Uh, no, we still we we still do um, our other films as well. Which okay, good. But, but, you know, some of that, we do have a downturn in business um, right. in general. So, um, you know, our main business is transit authorities across North America. And uh, that, that in itself, you know, with the transit authorities made us essential uh, with some of the contracts that we have. Oh, okay. Um, and I understand, is it right that you're producing these face shields for other industries as well now, too? Yeah. Uh, so with all of our uh, business that we do with transit authorities and, and other industries, uh, the word got out of what we were doing. And uh, now the orders have been nonstop. Uh, they're coming from uh, folks on the front line in hospitals, nursing homes, grocery store chains, uh, 
uh, bus drivers, uh, people that are running the, the, the platforms on stations, cleaning crews, you name it. So, um, yeah, we, needless to say, we have uh, a lot of a lot of people contacting us right now. Wow! So, your you and your employees must be so happy that you were able to jump in and meet this need. Yeah, I can't be more proud of the team. Um, they they stepped up to the plate in all this chaos that we're seeing. This new norm is, I guess, everyone's starting to call. But uh, um, yeah, it was obviously we were dealing with a pandemic, and it's scary. Uh, but the team rose to the challenge, and uh, now we have all hands on deck. Great. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for everything you and your company have done to help, and thanks for taking us out on a Friday in a high note. We really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. That concludes our podcast, and we will see you back here next Friday. Have a great weekend and stay safe.